separate us, secrets I can't divulge. Will I never break through to her, connect with her heart to heart? Part 1 Chapter 1, Maryland, August 24th, 1963 I know why you're doing this, Lee muttered beside her mother Betty in their Chevy Impala. Lee kept her voice low, not wanting to upset her five-year-old sister Dory, who sat in the back seat with a coloring book. "'You think if you get me out of D.C. I won't be able to go to Dr. Keene's march?' Her mother made no reply. Lee snapped on the radio, knowing it would annoy Betty. The air between them vibrated with the top of the chart's heat wave, the words blurred by the hot wind rushing through the wide-open windows. Still, her mother made no response. "'I don't know why you have to act like this,' Lee muttered louder. That was enough to break her mother's silence. "'This is not open for discussion.' Betty said. You have no idea what may happen this Wednesday. Have you forgotten mobs in Alabama clubbing freedom riders with baseball bats? I haven't. This isn't Alabama, Lee snapped. And Mr. Pitney, the advisor to the school paper, doesn't think there'll be any violence. Mr. Pitney is very young and should have better sense, Linda Lee. Betty answered back, her voice fierce but low. Don't call me that name. I hate it. Hate you. I go by Lee now. Betty gave a sound of irritation. Linda Lee is a perfectly good name. She paused, obviously trying to control her temper. You'll spend the last week before school starts at your grandmother's, and tomorrow I'm going to call the school and tell the principal what I think of a teacher urging his students, my daughter, into harm's way. I will get back to Washington if I have to hitchhike there. Lee stared straight ahead. Why can't I make you see sense? The march will be dangerous. Martha and the Vandellas sang out husky and loud. Heat wave. The raucous song evidently finally got to Betty. She snapped off the radio. Why are we listening to that trash? It's not trash, Mother. It's rock and roll. Looking out the window at the lush green tobacco fields rolling by, Lee realized they were almost there, almost to Ivy Manor. She folded her bare arms on the open window and set her chin on them, frustration roiling inside her. "'There it is!' Dory piped up from the back seat, sounding the usual joy of coming to Grandmother's house. "'There's Ivy Manor!' As her mother drove up the lane to the large house with white pillars and green ivy, Lee felt a lift in spite of her frustration. Until, "'Maybe Grandmother can make you see sense,' Betty said as she parked and turned the key. No one, not even Grandma Chloe, is going to change my mind. Lee kept her voice low as her little sister climbed out of the back seat. Her mother ignored her, as usual. Now that they'd stopped and the wind no longer evaporated their perspiration, the humidity wrapped around Lee, smothering her. She felt limp in the heat. Her mother, on the other hand, looked as fresh and collected as always— of course, even when going to the country, her oh-so-proper mother wore a stylish red sundress and chiffon scarf, under which her bouffant style had every hair in place. In contrast, Lee and Dory had dressed sensibly in one of their matching outfits that Dory loved so much, blue shorts and white sleeveless blouses with blue collars. The outfit now made Lee feel childish in comparison to her mother. Her inside still churning at highway speed, Lee got out and slammed the car door, eliciting a world-weary sigh from Betty, who scolded her with a look for slamming the door. Lee felt like going back and slamming it again. 
but she couldn't give in to childish anger. Instead, her ponytail swishing against her shoulders, she ran ahead, overtaking her sister, calling for her grandmother. Then Lee heard the voice she loved best, summoning them to the shaded and screened summer house on the back lawn. With Dory right at her heels, Lee whipped inside the summer house and flew straight into Grandma Chloe's arms. Dory was right beside her, and they hugged Chloe together. Chloe wasn't overweight, and she didn't rinse her gray hair blue or tease it like other grandmothers did, and she always smelled subtly of roses. The fragrance enveloped Lee, giving her a sudden feeling of ease. Grandma Chloe would set everything right. Lee, Dory, how wonderful to see you. Chloe kissed their foreheads and cheeks before releasing them. She rose then and reached for their mother. The two older women hugged. Betty, honey, of course I'm happy to see you, but what's come up so suddenly? Dressed in a cool, sleeveless, lavender print sundress, Chloe eased back onto the wicker rocker. Dory took her usual place perching on one of its wide, curved arms. With another sigh, Betty sat down on a white Adirondack chair. I hope you can put up with these two girls for the rest of the week. No! Lee fired up, vaguely aware of her grandmother's surprised look. Grandma, Mr. Pitney, my journalism teacher, said that the one of us who writes the best first-person account of the March on Washington will be the new editor of The Scribe this year. Your safety is more important than an article in a school paper, Betty snapped. Grandma, she's treating me like a baby again. Lee pictured Mr. Pitney's face in her mind. He'd said the newspaper staff could call him Lance when they were working on the school paper. Mr. Pitney looked like a Lance, tall, young, with golden hair and a cool mustache. I'm old enough to go to a public place alone. I've been to Lincoln's memorial a zillion times. Mother, Betty raised her voice, would you please talk some sense into this girl's head? President Kennedy tried to persuade Martin Luther King Jr. to cancel. Nothing's going to happen! Lee's hands tightened into fists. Her mother never took her seriously. Lance did. He didn't treat her like she was just another teenager. It's going to be a peaceful demonstration. Dr. King believes in nonviolent protest. Well, the KKK doesn't, Betty declared flatly. The police in Washington and the surrounding counties in Virginia have had all leaves canceled. The Justice Department and the Army are practicing riot control. Stop it, Lee snapped, imagining the appreciative look on Lance's face when he read her account of the march. Nothing's going to happen. Chloe looked back and forth between her daughter and granddaughter with a look of growing distress. That's enough, young lady, Betty ordered. But, Lee began. Dory hid her face against Chloe's slender shoulder, bringing Lee's words to an abrupt stop. She sighed. Sorry, Ladybug, she apologized to her little sister with her favorite endearment. I don't like arguments. And don't speak disrespectfully to your mother, Lee. Chloe scolded gently, rocking while patting Dory's head. Lee flushed, feeling warmth suffuse her face and neck. Sorry. Her little sister looked upset, but their mother had involved her in this. Lee hadn't. The KKK will not let this go by without reacting, Betty continued in a calmer voice. They gunned down Medgar Evers on his own front porch just two months ago. What if one of them decides to shoot Dr. King right in the middle of the march? It would be chaos. Lee could be trampled. This is Washington, D.C., not Mississippi, 
Lee felt her tenuous hold on her temper begin to fray. She could not lose this battle. She'd die if Mary Beth Hunninger got the editor's job. Mary Beth was the girl on campus at St. Agnes Girls Academy, runner on the track team, National Honor Society president last year, and now she wanted to horn in on the scribe. Why does everybody got to be so mad? Dory's small voice asked. Make them stop fighting, Grandma. Again, Dory buried her face in their grandmother's shoulder. I'll do what I can, Ladybug. Chloe smoothed back Dory's dark bangs and then tightened the little girl's ponytail. Now, if I have this correct, Betty, you want me to keep your girls here at Ivy Manor this last week before school starts so that they will be out of Washington away from Dr. King's march, right? And, Lee, you want to go to the march and write an article about it for school? Lee stood in the center of the screened octagonal room, tensions zinging through her. Chloe sighed. I hate being put into the middle like this, Betty. Lee stood her ground. Surely Grandma Chloe wouldn't side with her mother. She couldn't. Betty rubbed her forehead. I know, but for some reason, whatever I say, my daughter always does the opposite. That wasn't true. Lee folded her arms and glared at her mother. What does Ted say? Chloe asked. Betty humphed. He says he won't get into it. Chloe nodded and continued to stroke Dory's hair. Well, only because you asked me, I'll tell you what I think. You're both right. Dr. King plans this to be a non-violent protest. But there's always a possibility of violence whenever any very large group of people gets together. Betty nodded and murmured a satisfied, I know, Lee frowned at her grandmother. They're preparing for at least 100,000, Betty declared. Apart from the KKK barging in with baseball bats,